Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Amen. Turn with us this morning to the book of Luke, chapter number 16. Luke, chapter number 16. I'm uh, grateful to have the opportunity today just to stand and say something for him. Um, I want to be faithful to the word today, and I don't want to alarm anybody, but I've had this one for a while. A couple of months ago in a hotel room, God began to deal with me about this, and and uh, as I put it down, I thought, my goodness, that's a, that's a topic that uh, is needful, but he wouldn't let me preach it. Um, and then he spoke to me last night, and I had to... Uh, had to get my notes and, and pray over this again. and So there's a reason for this today, so just settle that in your mind, that the reason uh, that I'm sharing this this morning is, is God's purpose, and I'm going to trust Him to do what He wants to do with it. So pray for me. I appreciate the prayers. I tell you, the, the most precious gift that anybody could give me would be to pray for me, and I desire that more than anything. And just appreciate the Word of God. Turn with us, Luke chapter 16. We begin this morning's text in verse number 19. It says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And when he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water. And cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. Besides all this, between you and between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from uh, hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray there. Therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come unto this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets... Neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Father, help us now as we uh, confess our ineptness. We come trusting you to simply take the vessel and fill it and empty it for the glory of the Son and, Lord, the edification of your body. We thank you for the people, for those that have come hungering for it, and we pray you'd remind us of the truth in it. We're Asking, Father, earnestly now for the soul that needs it, for that soul that may be unprepared for eternity, 
May this be the challenge, Lord, that brings their soul to repentance. We ask it believing as we pray it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for standing. Um, I'm going to do my best today to uh, try to keep this in high gear. I don't really have a slow gear, but uh, I'm going to try to keep this as uh, as quick as possible. But um, but the title that God's given me, and let me be clear, that, that I don't think there's a way to exhaust the topic itself. Um, but he did give me a title, and I'm going to share it in a second. But I want you to understand that when it comes to the torments of hell, uh, I, I don't think it can be fathomed the amount of torment there, the number of torments there. The, I, I, I believe, truthfully, from my heart, that there are torments in hell I don't know anything about. Um, I, I don't know that my mind could bear some of the terror of that awful place. But from Luke chapter number 16, we have six clear torments of hell. And I want to deal with those as quickly as I can this morning. The number one thing is to recognize and know that hell is real, right? And that's where most people start off on the wrong foot is they think that somehow or another that place don't exist. Now, the the funny thing is you can ask anybody when they die where they're going to go and they'll tell you they're going to heaven. And yet they they don't believe in hell. And the truth is that both of them are real. Heaven's real and hell's real. And the only way you're going to get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. And I can assure you, if you reject Jesus Christ, then hell will be your home. And I don't know about you, but there was a day that God made that real to me. Now, I can't say that I truly understood heaven or hell, nor do I do today. But I will tell you, there was a time came as a boy when the Holy Spirit dealt with my soul. And in that instant, I realized this one thing, that hell was real. I knew that just as sure as you're sitting here and there was a terror that fell upon my consciousness that that absolutely was unlike anything then or ever before for me that I'd ever experienced because I recognized I was fine one minute but just as the Holy Spirit dealt with me and I realized that if I died lost in that condition that I'd end up in hell there was a terror that filled my mind and I began to shake and I began to weep as a child. Wasn't nobody said anything to me. It was the Holy Spirit of God that was dealing with me and when the reality and the truth of this place called hell set in on my own mind, brother, I began looking for a remedy. Now, thank God that the same grace that taught my heart to fear relieved my fears within just a few moments. Now, I'm glad to report to you today that I wasn't lost very long. Amen. <laughs> Amen. As a matter of fact, I'll just say to you, I don't want to ever be lost. I've been there once. I experienced it for about five, maybe ten minutes. And, brother, when I got saved, I forever rejoiced that I ain't lost anymore. And I thank God that you say, why? Let me tell you, first and foremost, is that I do not have to go to hell. I have escaped that awful place and I want to bless his name today that I don't have to go there. Do I deserve it? Yes, I deserve to go to hell. Not one thing that I've done will get me into heaven and if ever there was justice, friend, I would have been there. I would have probably been the first one there and oh, how glad that I am that the Lord Jesus Christ came to get me out of that place. Now, I know there's a lot more to it than that, but I've got to focus on this or we'll never get done. 
There are some torments, friend, that you need to be aware of in that place. It's real. Bless your heart, it's real. You can go on today with your hand to your ears, fingers in your ears, and you can keep telling yourself that hell ain't real. When you die, you're just dead. Friend, that's a lie the devil's been telling ever since men have died. But I can assure you this, when you die, you're going to be somewhere. You're going somewhere. And there ain't but two places the Bible gives us. It's very clear. There's not three. There's not a middle ground. There's not a purgatory. There ain't a place out. That once you get there, it's done. You ain't coming out. And hell is real. Hell is real. And that's something that we all need to recognize. Now, the Bible tells us there, and I want to look quickly just at these six things. And I want you to know that this one thing about all six of them is that they're eternal. Now, you can sit here with me, and we can look at one another, and I can say forever, and you can say and ever. And I can say and ever, and you can say and ever. And we could do that until we both fell over, amen, with gray hairs and, and, and corpses. And you still would not get to the reality of how long hell is going to be. Forever and ever. I'll tell you right now, you may nod your head and you may say, yeah, I get it, I get it, but you don't get it. Your mind ain't built to get it. You can't fathom anything except the finite. We all wear watches because we believe in time. I want you to know there'll be a day when he will step out and say there will be no more time and brother forever will begin and that eternity you can't conceive. You can try as best you can, but brother, torments and the glory is forever. It is forever. And as hard as that is for the human mind to grasp, it has to be said. Because there are torments, brother, and when you say lasting forever, now it's one thing. Well, let me just preach. I need to get into this or I'm never going to finish it. Number one, the Bible said that there's an eternal vision in hell, an eternal ability to see something. Now, I don't know about you, but when you're in hell, one of the comforts that might have been in hell was if you'd been blind. Because the Bible said first in verse number 23, here's what we'll read. The Bible said, and in hell, he lifted up his eyes being in torment. And I can tell you that there is something about that body that ends up in hell. It ain't the same as the one that laid down on earth. It'll be a different body. You say, how come? Because it ain't burned up. Amen. There are plenty of examples. There are people that get burned up in a fire and ain't nothing left but bones. Right? They'll even take their charred and shattered bones and that's the only thing left of them. While they incinerate people and bury them that way these days. Huh? Right? They call it cremation. I don't particularly care for that for the option or the opportunity, but I'm not going to be cremated. So just letting you people know, if my wife tries to do that, you resist it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be burned up. Amen. He saved me from hell. There ain't no reason to try to burn my body when it's left over. Just put me in the ground like everybody else. I'll be satisfied with that. But may I say to you today that in hell you're gonna be able to lift up your eyes. Now I believe that right there is a terrible thought that you're gonna be able to see in hell. Now you say I thought it was dark there. It is. 
But the Bible said that there was one thing that the rich man could see. He couldn't see his neighbor. He couldn't see, amen, the one suffering right over here beside him. But what he could see was something that was far off. And the Bible said that when he lifted up his eyes, that he was in torments, plural, torments. And I believe we're going to see them torments right there, right here. But the Bible said that when he lifted up his eyes, he saw something else. He was able to see Abraham's bosom. He was able to see that that paradise that God had made to hold the saints of God until Christ would come and deliver them into heaven's portals itself. But brother, heaven today is real and in hell you're gonna be able to see the good things that you missed. Now, I don't know about you, but oh, one of the hardest things that I've ever done is, is regret stuff. Right? When you look at something you should have done or you see something you should have had or, or, or could have had and didn't get and all these other things and you look at you say, you know what? That was my fault. Amen. Here he was and he was able to look right into Abraham's bosom. The Bible said that number one, he saw Abraham. Amen. That within itself gives us, amen, a, a little bit of comfort knowing that he could see something. But I want you to know today that when he saw Abraham, it wasn't a comfort to him. What he saw was the very one that he was supposed to have believed in truly, believed in the God of Abraham. He was supposed to have been a child of Abraham and yet here he was in the flames of hell. I don't know about you, but let me remind you, friend, I don't care who your mother was, who your father was, if you ain't been born again, you're going to go to hell. There's no other place for the wicked and the unregenerate. There's no other place for the unbeliever. There's no other place created, amen. I don't care of what religion you are. I don't know, what, it doesn't make any difference what nationality, what you've been taught. When it comes right down to it, there is one God. He is the creator of all. And either you believe in his son and live or you do not and you die forever. And the Bible said in this place you will die but never die a place where the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not, a place where there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth forever. He had an eternal vision. He was able to see Abraham, but he also seen Lazarus. He saw that man that had been laid at his gate every day. He saw that man that he would have been able to have helped every day. He saw that man that laid there full of sores and begged simply from the crumbs which had fell from his own dinner plate and lunch plate and breakfast bowl. Everything that he could have done, he did not do. And yet in hell, he was able to see them. I don't know about you, but that would have been a torture within itself is being able to see Abraham, to see Lazarus. He could see that Lazarus was being comforted in this eternal rest and bliss. He saw the comforts and knew in his own heart that he would never have them. Number two, number two. Number one was eternal vision. Number two is an eternal consciousness. Now, let me say this to you, that the human body has a triggering mechanism that when your body reaches a certain level of pain, it checks out. Do you know that? There's a, certain, there's a certain place to where the human body, if you're subjected to torture, if you're subjected to uh, adverse amounts of pain, that you'll simply pass out from it. Right, the the human brain. There's a there's a point that the human brain simply disconnects that conscious feeling, disconnects your your. Ain't that a blessing? By the way, 
I don't know about you, but when, when a person's in that kind of pain, amen, what a blessing to know that God created a mechanism within the human brain that you can pass out to it. Right, you can simply pass out to the pain and the suffering that you're in. May I say to you today that in hell there will be an eternal consciousness. You will never be void of the pain. You will never escape what it is that you're suffering. There will never be a moment when you're able to think, whew, that feels better. You will never have that concept cross your mind that I am satisfied, that I feel all right, that that is a relief, that is a comfort, that is something that will never come to the, to the folks that are in hell. It is an eternal consciousness. He was able, you say, are you certain he was conscious or could he just see? No, he was able, he was conscious. How do you know? Because he saw somebody in heaven that he'd never seen before. He saw Abraham and you know what he knew about Abraham? He knew he was Abraham. Amen, that means that the brain, at least a consciousness, the soul maybe, it was still able to process and it, it, it understood that what he'd seen was something out there. What he'd seen was a man he had never seen before. Amen, there wasn't no photographs or pictures of Abraham hanging on the walls of Jewish homes. He did not know who Abraham was and yet when he looked up out of the pits of hell, he could see him and he knew him as father. He understood real well where he was. He understood who it was he was looking at. Do you know today that the people in hell won't have any doubt when they look up from hell where they're at and who they're looking at. Now, I don't know exactly what it will be like in hell, but I know what it was like at this point. It may be different today. Maybe there's, a, maybe there's not, not that ability to view into heaven forevermore. Amen. What I know was is when paradise was still in existence before Jesus would empty that place through his resurrection, before that place it was occurring. And I got a feeling that there's something like that still today. Because what I can tell you was is there was a consciousness about this man and it was an eternal consciousness. Let me say something to you. And I know it's hard to grasp these concepts of eternal, eternity. But, but understand this. If you're in eternity of suffering, if you're in a position where you can never be free and all you've got is to be able to look at what could have been yours, I, there is a consciousness for him that absolutely drives men crazy in their own minds today. People go out of their minds because their consciousness will not shut off. It will not stop regretting. It will not stop condemning. It will not, it will not end the torment of that place of being able to know that it could have been yours and you would not. Believe an eternal consciousness, I believe, within itself is a torment that will rage in every heart and every mind, every soul in hell. They're going to experience the torment. Verse number 24, here's where he said. He said, and he cried and said, Father Abraham. Listen, he had, he had his, he had his wits about him as far as the soul was concerned. He said, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. Oh, may I say to you today, he understood where he was and he also understood that he was, he was absolutely helpless to do anything about it. Amen. If he could have done anything, he'd already done it. If there was any access to water, any access to comfort, any access to anything that could have helped him, he would have done whatever he had to do. He wouldn't have been calling on anybody. He would have been doing it himself just like he had done before. But may I say to you today, when he found himself in hell, he recognized that he could not do a thing 
to alter the situation that he was in. And he looked and he saw Abraham and he understood who he was looking at. And he saw Lazarus and he said, I remember him. Oh, Lazarus, he was a nobody. Lazarus, I could have told him to do whatever I wanted to do. And if he could have got around, he'd have done it just for a crumb. I'll just ask right now and see if he could just dip his finger. All I want is just a dip, just a drop from the end of his fingernail, amen, to touch my tongue. That'll help me in the situation that I am in. May I say to you today, the eternal consciousness of one's mind, amen, if it never shuts off, if it never is, I don't know of a terror any worse than that reality is that in hell your mind will never shut down. Forever and ever and ever. Number three. Number three is the eternal flame. You'll find in verse number 24 again. He said, have Lazarus dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. I think the important thing is to recognize of the flame itself, right? Do not overlook the fact that there is something that will provide the constant pain and suffering and torment in this awful place. And the, the Bible said, he, he described it as this. He said, it's the flame, not plural, flames. When we talk about a fire and we look at it, so we look at the flames, Right, because we're talking about it in plural. We see all those flames coming up, right? Some up, some down, and they just go back and forth, and we're mesmerized sometimes. We'll sit there and just watch the beauty of those flames going up and down. But what the rich man said was, as he said, the flame. He said, I am tormented in this flame. He used the singular tense of the word. It wasn't plural, it was singular, and it makes me think that there was no gaps in it. There wasn't any, there wasn't any relief in it. You could think, how in the world can you even conceive that just the gap in a flame would be comfort and yet what they what he, I believe what he's saying was is there was absolutely zero comfort to be had the gap in a flame that would have created more than one flame is absent not even a split second of comfort And even if it wasn't comfort, the absence of the searing, burning pain. There's people that describe all kinds of medical conditions where it feels like they're on fire. You know, somehow that you, when your nerves go bad and when you've got a nerve problem or maybe a back problem, it feels like my leg's on fire. Right, and you you feel that, right? Because there's there's some kind of knowledge in our minds that that it is a pain, as if it's a burning. And yet what I know is, is, is I burnt my fingers, I burnt my hand, I, you know, I, I burnt my eyebrows off, all that kind of stuff. And, and those are things, when, when you burn yourself, it could be the smallest of things, but it is so painful. Because just the slightest of burns connects with those, those few nerve endings that are right there in that extremity. And that pain, that pain goes to that brain that is never shut down, that is always conscious. That pain will be unending. And I ain't talking about a little spot. I'm talking about every bit of you forever and ever and ever. You say, preacher, why in the world would you go on about something as horrific as hell? Because you are going to go there if you don't be saved. Right? If the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't convince you or the Holy Spirit of God doesn't bring you to that point that your own consciousness is aware that if I die, I'm going there. 
I'll tell you right now, what we ought to do is preach on hell every Sunday. Right? So that people know you don't have to go to hell. But you cannot get out of there unless you go to Christ. The flame itself was an eternal flame. There was no ending to the pain. There was no relief from the pain. There was no help to be had. Number four. (coughs) Number four. An eternal memory. And you say, well, I would have assumed that if one is eternally conscious that there would have been an eternal memory of those things that they had known before. And that's not necessarily the case. We know that to be true now, right? Though a person may appear alive and though their their minds may be engaged, what we know about the human mind, at least at this point, is that it can also suffer memory loss, right? Wouldn't it be awesome if you were in hell and not able to remember anything? Well, I don't know. Why do you ask? Well, because here we find that when his simple request unto Abraham was this, have Lazarus dip his finger in water and, and just touch my tongue that I might be, might be comforted in this torment. You know what Lazarus' first words to him? He said, remember when? He said, remember, I'm going to, I want you to remember. You know what that infers? Is that in hell, everybody's got their memory. All these people talk about folks that go to heaven and, and they remember us on earth and they're looking down and they're all sad because of what's going on and, and, and mamma's crying and all that. No, that ain't happening in heaven. Let me, let me give you the harsh reality. They are not concerned about you at all. Not that they didn't love you or that they didn't care. They did. But when they get in the front of Jesus, amen, you will be the last thing they have ever thought about. Why? Because he is the only thing when you get to heaven. And when you get there, you'll be the same way. Right? Oh, I used to love to hear these stories where, where Mamma would say, well, when I get to heaven, I'll wait for you there. You ain't going to wait for Papa. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, you ever get in the land where Jesus is, he'll have to hunt you down. Huh? Because heaven ain't like that. Heaven ain't like that, married and given in marriage. Right there. It ain't like that. How come? Because they will be nothing distract from the Holy One. There will be nothing between me and the Holy One. Nothing. And yet you know what Lazarus or what the rich man could, he could remember. Abraham told him, he said, remember now, son. He said, when you were alive, he said, you received all good things. And also remember, he said that Lazarus received all the bad. And he said, yet now, he said, Lazarus is comforted, and he said, you are tormented. He said, remember. Remember. Now, that wasn't the only thing he was going to remember, but I'll get to that in a second. But let me say this to you. In hell, there is an eternal remembrance. Oh, can you? Listen, if there's no memory, there's no regret. You cannot have regret unless you have a memory that is active and real. Right? You can't regret something that you can't remember. 
Aren't you glad? I'm not going to chase this rabbit long, but I'm going to tell Aren't you glad that when he said he cast my sea as far as the east is to the west, he said he would what? Never remember them again. Hallelujah. If there's anything going to be forgot, it's my sin. I'm tickled to death about that news. He's not going to remember my sin. How come? Because I've been plunged underneath that flow. The blood of Jesus Christ washed them all away. They're gone forevermore. There's an eternal memory in hell. And here, when Abraham spoke to him, he had no doubt in his mind that when he said, remember now, that the man was going to remember, and he was going to remember fully that he had all the good things while he lived on the earth and yet avoided the very one thing that he needed when he died. Remember that? Number five. Number five, eternal separation. Eternal separation. The Bible said in verse number 26, and besides all this, this is Abraham telling him, he said, listen, he said, you had all that good stuff when you was alive. And he said, now, now Lazarus is comforted and you're tormented. And he said, besides this, besides this, he said, let me give you some news. He said, there is something between you and me that is uncrossable. There is, he called it, Abraham called it a great gulf which is a chasm, it is a void, it is a place, it is a separation, it is a nothingness between you and me that, that you cannot get from where you are to here. And he said, neither can we get from where we are to you. You know what that is? That is an impossibility. It is an absolute impossibility. What that means is, is that when you are separated from God, when you are separated from man on this earth, let me, let me be clear, it is an eternal separation. There's no going back. There's no going back. Right? I read the story of the man that died in 90 minutes in, in, in heaven or whatever it was. I, I even forget the story now. You know why? Because when I, when I read the whole thing, I thought that's fantastical, but that doesn't mean anything to me. I am not looking for 90 minutes. If I leave here, do not think I'm wanting coming back. By the way, I don't, that guy didn't either, right? He was just told he was going back. If the story's true, and I assume it is. There's an eternal separation that occurs when you die. Right When you leave this world, when it's done, when they put you in that box and it is over, you are going somewhere. And that somewhere is an eternal separation. And that separation, friend, is not just from the ones you knew. That separation is from God. You will never, ever be able to get back to God. Let me be clear. You will never go to heaven if you die and go to hell. An eternal separation. What Abraham told him was, he said, listen to me. He said, There's a, there is a chasm between you and me that, that I can't cross and you can't cross. Now, bless God, I know the one that can cross it. Right? I'm going to cross into that land one day, but I'm going through a different door. I'm going through death. And Jesus Christ conquered death and has the keys to death and has the ability to raise me up in the newness of life. He knows my own. And brother, when I leave this world, I am going to God. And may I say to you, there will be an eternal separation that day. But I'm not going to be in hell. Are you? 
Are you an eternal separation? I wonder how many people today really understand that, that, that there is no remedy once you get there. Listen to me. The only time you've got is right now. I'll come tomorrow. You don't know tomorrow will come. Not one soul has ever been able to promise the next minute. You know not when the Lord's coming. All you've got is right now. Right now and you're facing eternity. The sister telling about the 40-year-old fellow that just died this week. Right? Did that shock anybody? Certainly disturbing. Right? Because I'm well beyond 40. I can't even see 40 in the mirror no more. I'm way beyond 40. And what happened to him? Gone. You think he was the only one that died? Right now, all over this earth, they're leaving here. Hell's enlarging itself every day to receive them that do not believe in Jesus Christ. Why in the world is hell enlarging itself? Because hell don't know if tomorrow's coming either. It need be no bigger than it is today. If tomorrow comes, it'll have to grow. Because not even hell knows when Jesus is coming. No need to make it any bigger than it needs to be. It's big enough to handle every unregenerate, unbelieving soul and it will expand itself to receive them at the very moment they depart this world. Eternal separation from everything that is comfortable, everything that is good and in this world of comfort and good, you're going to be absent of that completely. Last one, eternal despair. We've had eternal vision, eternal consciousness, eternal flame, and eternal memory, eternal separation. Verse number 27, let me read it. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, Father Abraham, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren. Oh, send him that he may testify unto them, lest they also come unto this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let him... Let them hear them. They're not going to believe even though one come from a dead. They argued about it, but it was no use. Right? Because in the end, it is an eternal despair that will never leave. Right? You say, well, where in the world is the despair? All a man's going to think about is his own suffering, his own pain. Not according to Luke 16. This man had the, the most extreme and horrendous pain, and yet he was able to look and see. He was able to think in his mind. He was able to remember and regret. He was, he was able to understand there was no hope for it and that it was an eternal separation. And yet even then, there was still torment to be known. And that is because he could remember that he had five more brothers. And he loved his brothers and he didn't want them to come to this awful place. He said, at least send Lazarus back. Tell him, don't come, don't come, don't come. Don't come to this place. Now, Abraham had already been clear. He said, Lazarus ain't going nowhere. Lazarus is comforted and that's what he'll always be. Lazarus ain't going nowhere. He said, at least send them back to my five brothers. Oh, the despair of knowing 
That your whole family that you wouldn't take to church. Your whole family that you wouldn't teach about God. Your whole family that you never bothered to one time mention Christ or live for him or tell them about. What an awful despair to know that in hell as you look back, there's no hope. There's no hope unless they find Jesus. And I can't get him to I can't take Jesus to him. It's too late. It's too late. It's too late. Eternal despair. Eternal despair. The six torments of hell, I am quite certain there's way more than six, but, but I at least picked off those six right out of the text itself. But again, as we close, come get a song. I believe the most important thing to remember about all of those torments, if you don't remember the torments by name, is to remember that they all are forever and ever and ever that you will never escape the torments of hell. So my, what a terrible message. <laughs> I thought of this yesterday. I thought of this. I said, I, my grandchildren, right, some of them that's, that's barely even conscious of what's going on, really, are going to be sitting and they're going to hear me talk about this awful place called hell. And you say, preacher, you, you're trying to scare them. No, it's not my intent at all. I'm trying to inform. If there's any terror to be given, it won't be by me. But I'll assure you, when the Holy Ghost of God gets a hold of you, you will be terrified because you will know, you will know that that's where you're going. You're not going to lift your head up in hell and say, I'm surprised. Because there will have been a day the Holy Spirit dealt with you and you knew. You knew that Christ was the answer. He's eternal in every way. There's no remedy for it. There's no coming back from it. There's no recovery of it. When you get to hell, it is forever. It is forever. Well, I'm not going to end with the bad news. Who knows what the good news is? Everybody raise your hand. I know what the good news is. Because there was a man that came to me one day. He spoke quite clearly into my eternal conscience. And he said, if you die lost, hell will be your home. And as a nine-year-old boy, weeping, shaking, fearful, I said, Jesus... Save me. That day, he wrote my name in his book. I don't want you to go to hell. That's where you're going. I don't want you to go to hell. Listen, the truth is that what we do is to try to keep you from it. 
He wouldn't preach it, son, if it wasn't real. He wouldn't still trying to be tell them in the jail that hell is real. Why? Because he, he don't want them to go. The Bible said that it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The good news is, is you don't have to go to hell. That's like telling every one of you that y'all have terminal cancer and you got two weeks to live. And then say, oh, but I've got the cure. Anybody want it? What would happen? I'd get trampled to death. You trying to be the first to get it. that you can preach your heart out to people about the truth of hell and they don't even flinch. Hell's real. Hell is real and it's forever. I can't keep you out of it, but I know the one that can. And I offer him to you today. If the Holy Spirit of God has dealt with your soul, listen to me, friend. You don't want to go to hell. Hear me. You do not want to go to hell. If it, if it takes everything you've got, every ounce of strength, if you've got to crawl bleeding to get to Christ, I assure you, you do not want to go to hell. But it's yours. I can't save you. And if you... If you die without having believed in Jesus Christ and been converted, it is where you're going. If you're here this morning and you know right now that you're not ready to meet God, you say, preacher, I'm afraid. You should be. Because you're not guaranteed not two more seconds. And if you die without Christ, you are not going to heaven. You cannot. God knows your heart today. Oh, I love you today. I don't want you to go. The only hope the world's ever had was somebody to tell them now. Tell them now. That's what the, that's what the rich man wanted. Somebody go tell them. Don't, go tell them. Don't come here. Don't come here. I'm telling you. I'm telling you today. It's real. Don't go. What will you do with him today? What will you do with Jesus? If you need him, if you're unsaved, as we sing, if you need him, would you stand with us today? I want to help you every way I can today. We'll pray with you. We'll pray for you. But friend, if, if you're willing to pray the prayer and say, Lord, save me, I need you. I'm going to ask you to come. I'm going to ask you to make a commitment and step out and say, you know what? There ain't nothing worth me going to hell. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care what anybody else says. Hell is real and it's forever. Would you come? As they sing, would you come?